One other thing, I have a uh, roster here where you can put your name and email if you want to be on the class email list. So I'll just start that here, and it'll be going around. I am not Mike Runsey. I'm Dave Morgan. Uh, Mike intended to be here this morning. He is uh, very under the weather. If you know Mike at all, you know for him not to be somewhere that he was planning to be means he is not feeling good at all. And so Mike texted me uh, early this morning, probably after Nadine said, no, you may not go into church. Uh, Mike sent, sent a text and asked if, if I could cover. And uh, so that's, uh, that's what I'm doing. You've got the, uh, the list of the course topics in front of you. And what you'll notice is that uh, the idea here is we have different topics that we believe would be helpful uh, to us as we think about our, uh, our marriages. And a number of different leaders throughout the uh, semester. Mike intends to be a consistent presence. Some of us will be in here most weeks. Uh, but each session will be led by a member of this congregation who's also a mental health professional, I think primarily uh, licensed marriage and family therapist. We have a couple of them with us today. Ashley Dumas here, Tracy Hall. Uh, is there anybody else with us that's on this list? Uh, Chris Gonzalez will be leading some. He's not, uh, he's not here today. Uh, but uh, Mike had this idea that he approached several of us with back last semester that he thought it would be neat just to get together several of us who work uh, with marriages uh, and, and, and just sort of let each of us take topics that we thought were important and share out of our experiences working with uh, marriages and families. There is a, um, a book that is loosely guided, the selection of topics. It doesn't correspond completely. But this book, uh, Ten Lessons to Transform Your Marriage, uh, by John and Julie Gottman. And you'll probably hear those names a few more times over the course of the semester. The Gottmans are foremost when it comes to research about what makes uh, marriages work. And... Uh, so we do borrow heavily from, from their work. So imagine with me that you were, you got the text <coughs> instead of me. Okay, so a couple hours ago you get the text. Uh, hey, can you, can you lead this first uh, marriage class? And, and I guess there's a lot of things you could do. Uh, I spent several years in the 1990s as a youth minister and uh, so I'm, I'm not unfamiliar with the old favorite youth ministry class. Let's all share our favorite scripture and why it's important to us. <laughs> so we, we, we could do that. Um, and there are a number of other things that, that we could do. But one way to think about this is, okay, so we're in the context of church, right? We're in the context of a place where Scripture matters, and whatever else informs our views about what it means to, to be in community with one another and what it means to be in marriage with one another, we want Scripture to, to speak to that. We want Scripture to inform those views. So maybe, 
what we do is on the first day we go to Scripture. And we look in Scripture for examples of marriages and families. And uh, so here's what I, what I want to do. I want to give each of you just a couple of minutes where you are. Uh, if you've got something to write with, you could jot down on the back of your sheet or just type into your phone or whatever. But take a couple minutes and come up with as many examples of marriages and families from Scripture. As many examples as you can. So from Genesis all the way through Revelation. Alright? Everybody got your assignment? Let's take a couple minutes and then we'll see what we come up with. I just realized I paused the recording the last time I had you uh, work on the last assignment. I paused the recording. I never turned it back on. So in summary, a lot of bad things happen to marriages in the Bible. And God is more concerned with providing redemption in the lives of people than promoting self-reliance. Okay, here we are. High hopes, debilitating fears. We're going to start with the fears. That's going to be the shortest podcast uh, on... uh, on the website next week. Uh, what is there to be afraid of? What are the challenges? Sacrifice. Mm. Yeah. Good. What else? Expectations. Especially if they're different from your partners, right? I mean, that's, that's really challenging. When this is what I thought it would be and what you thought it would be and those are not congruent. Ultimately, rejection. Yeah. And Tracy, I assume you don't just mean dissolving the relationship, that sort of these smaller uh, uh, re- experiences with rejection. Criticism, yeah. betrayal, lots of things. Good, okay. Being trapped. Trapped. Losing your individuality. Losing your individuality. Yeah, and you know, Genesis says, and then Paul says it again in Ephesians, the two become one, right? So if there was any relationship where there was especially a danger of that, it's a marriage relationship. Now, it's not half and half, right? It's still a whole and a whole that become this new kind of one, but this is a real challenge in that equation. A couple more things were legitimate fears. Being vulnerable. Like someone really gets to know you. Because if I do, then maybe that could lead to some rejection. It's tough to be vulnerable. I'd say marrying the wrong person. Yes. Yeah. What if I marry the wrong person? Is there the one? And is this person that one. Or what if I am the wrong person? Or if I am the wrong person? <laughs> Which is probably a more useful question to ask yourself in, in reality. Yeah. 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 Alright, we're out of time. We're just going to leave it here. <laughs> Marriage is scary. No, we have a few minutes, so let's transition to some things that are legitimate to hope for in marriage. What, what can be good about this? <clears throat> Companionship. 
companionship, to have a partner. Happiness. Yes, it's a, a context in which to be, be happy. Children, family. Children. I'm just going to... I'm going to write that down even if I'm not feeling it today. But we came in two parts. Is that... Okay. One of those ones. Okay. Yes. Support. Yeah. Sure. Someone to support me. Someone that's there and accessible. I don't think I knew enough to hope for this when we got married. Great. Um, but as we develop just equality and a true respect for differences. Oh. Next week. That's a great commercial for next week. Um, I'm on for next week and uh, like actually prepared in advance for it. And uh, uh, we're going to talk about differences and what it looks like to negotiate those and, and in particular personality differences. So. But it becomes something it's become something that we, we enjoy. It's it's beyond just tolerance, right? It's not just I can put up with your difference. It's this difference actually enhances my life. It's it's, it's better because of it. Oh, love it. Great. Okay. Just having someone that understand you deeply and can kind of just get it, right? You know to be understood, as I'm thinking, and I hadn't necessarily planned it this way, but as I'm thinking about these two lists, so many of these connect, things on one column connect to another, right? So it's so hard to be vulnerable. But it's so necessary to be under, in order to be understood, right? To be my true self so that I can be understood. Um, Good. Any, anything else? Yes. Um, taking the differences between us, mm -hmm. and that your hope is that you will that 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 companion will make you a better person and closer to what you need to do as a Christian, yeah. and then in your marriage and to be a light to others. That's excellent. Here's how I'm going to sum it up. As you were describing that, I was thinking of the proverb. And I, and I was thinking of this idea from Proverbs that iron sharpens iron, right? It's, it's not that I'm half a person and, until I get married, right? I come in as a whole person, and then as a result of having to make a life with another person, we sharpen each other. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's really useful. Let's do one more. Sort of like support, but... Someone who'll stand by you, and you're confident they'll stand by you through the inevitable, difficult moments in life. Yeah. The difficult moments in life that, as we've already seen from Scripture, they come, right? Even when we're faithful, they come. I mean, Mary and Joseph, right? Even when we're faithful, maybe sometimes be, even because in some moments we're faithful, right? Those difficult moments... They come, and, and here's someone to be, be beside me. I, I want to close this because, kidding aside, we actually are at the end of time now. We have one minute, um, but I want to take us back to Corinthians because, again, a reminder: these people are confused. I mean, they they've learned about Jesus. They've come to know Jesus. They're 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 trying to to live in a way that 
whatever it means, whatever it looks like to be Jesus people here in the, in the first century in Corinth, and there's all these messages about love and sex and what that is and what that isn't that's, that's all around them. And, you know, Paul has taken them to task on some very specific examples of that confusion throughout the, throughout the book of Corinthians. But he brings it back to, just to clarify, let me tell you what love is. And I do think that this is a passage that addresses some of the fears that we've identified, but it's also a hopeful passage that shows us what love can be. And uh, because this is a passage we're so familiar with, you know, I mean, it's on coffee mugs and it's cross-stitched, you know, in, in homes and that kind of thing. I'm going to read it out of a slightly different translation just to... Uh, uh, just so we might hear it a little uh, fresh. This is from the message. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. Love isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. We'll let Paul have the last word. I uh, hope to see many of you back next week as we do get into dealing with differences. Uh, and thank you for making it so so easy on me this morning. I appreciate your your presence and your participation. Yeah.